Hello and welcome to Easy Aces from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Aces have a new problem. Jane's 19-year-old niece, Betty, who only a month ago married Carl Neff, the nephew of Mr. Ace's wealthy business partner, returned home alone, heartbroken and disillusioned. The quarrel involves a mink coat and the invitation of Carl's uncle to come and live in his mansion. The scene now is the Ace's living room after dinner. We find Jane, Mr. Race, and Marge going into conference. Listen. Well, if you ask me... Well, Jane, we didn't ask you, so just keep it to yourself, will you? Now, we've got to thrash this thing out before it really gets serious. I think it's serious enough now. But not beyond repair, Mars. Not from what I gathered talking to Carl this morning. He came over to the office with a lot of big, mad talk, but I think he can be brought around. I think both of them can. Well, if you ask me... Uh, wait till we do, Jane. I think we're going to have the most trouble with Betty. She won't even eat her meals. Oh, she eats all right. Jane tells me she had all her meals in bed today. Yes, I brought her breakfast, lunch, tea, and dinner. That's all she does is lay in bed. Lie. No, honest, I did. It's lie in bed. Oh, I thought you said that. Oh, well, what was Carl's version of this argument, eh? Well, practically the same as Betty's, only from the man's viewpoint. He feels that he should be the one to buy Betty a mink coat, not his uncle. And he feels that Betty should have sent back that money his uncle gave her. And if he can't afford to buy her a mink coat, she shouldn't have one. Well, if you ask well, me... Well, got to wait till Carl's able to afford a mink coat like the one she brought home with her is going to take years. That must have cost at least a couple of thousand dollars. Exactly. And he feels they shouldn't be squandering money like that. He's trying to lay away something for the future. Lie. What? Lie away something for the future, dear. You said... Just lay away something for the future. Well, I wish you'd make up your mind. First you say one thing, then another. All right, Jane. He wants to lie away something for the future. This is no time to start an argument about well, that. start it. All right, Well, Dad, you right? do stop that. This is a conference. Decide on the future of these two newlyweds. Now, let's get down to business. What are we going to do? Well, that's the question. What's the answer? Well, first, I'd like to have a talk with Betty. If she'd only get up out of there and show herself around here so I can talk to her. Well, make her get up. I wish she would. It kind of spoils my plans to have her locked up in there. What plan? Well, I <laughs> I told Carl to come out tonight to see if we can't straighten this thing out before it goes much further. Oh, Carl, thank you. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, that's what you think. Wait till you talk to him. He's really sore. What's he got to be sore about? Well, when you get right down to it, what has she got to Don't be sore about? Don't tell me about? you're on his side in this thing. No, I'm not. And that's one thing we've got to be very careful about, taking sides. We can't afford to. Mr. Neff doesn't know anything about this yet. He doesn't even know they're back in town. 
I can't afford to incur his enmity over this thing by taking anybody's side. Now, that's very important. Do you understand that, Jane? Well, if you ask me... Never mind that. Are you listening to what I said? Yes. What did I say? Mr. Neff doesn't know anything about this yet. He doesn't even know they're back in town. I can't afford to incur his enmity over this by taking anybody's yes. problem. <laughs> yes, Jane. Well, it sounds like that. <laughs> That's it, Jane. Exactly to the word. Well, see that you remember it, will you, Jane? Don't go taking up her bed. I hope you didn't tell her today that, that you thought she was right about this. Oh, no. To be contrary. What? To be contrary. I told her I thought Carl was right. Well, don't think Carl's right either. I don't. But you just said you told her he was. Only to try to get her to make up. I really don't think he's right at all. Oh, well, don't think he's wrong either, will you? Well, what shall I think? Nothing. Oh, I can't sit around thinking nothing. Well, that shouldn't be so hard. Well, it is for me. I'm always thinking about something. Well, almost always. Mm. Hardly a day goes by that I don't think about something. Really? Now, I'll take today, for instance. I kept thinking about Betty's mink coat and hat to match. If Carl really loves her and sees how beautiful she looks in that outfit, he should be the last person in a thousand to get mad. Mm. I think this quarrel of theirs goes beyond the fur coat, then. Oh, you mean about Mr. Neff wanting them to move into his house? Yes, that too. Well, like Betty says, why shouldn't they? If they don't have to live in a little cramped apartment, why should they? Why shouldn't they live with his uncle? Well, the in-law problem has always been and will always be one of the great questions in married life. I think the in-law problem is the greatest cause of divorce. Well, personally, I think marriage is the greatest cause of divorce. Marriage? (laughs) There's something in that, too, (laughs) Jack. Now, if you ask me... All right, Jane. You see, you're doing just what I begged you not to. You're taking sides. Don't take either one side. Well, I can't be neuter, can I? Neuter? (laughs) Oh, Oh. she can't be neuter. (laughs) Even I can't be neuter. I have my ideas on this subject myself. Which one are you for? Well, oh, now, no, Marge, please, this isn't a time for that. Let's get it straightened out first. What difference does it make who's right or wrong? The fact remains that we've got to get those kids back together again. Yes, I guess you're right. After all, they do love each other, I suppose. Oh, sure they do. I can tell from the way Betty sees she ne- says that she never wants to see him again. I said to her, I said, Betty, you know you love him, or why did you marry him? And she said it was just puppy love. So I said, then, why do you get mad if he makes you lead a dog's life? Well, that's a fine thing to <laughs> say. Yes, you did. Well, she has to make her humor. She's been crying so much, I try to cheer her up. Well, that's a fine way to do it, telling her she's leading a dog's life. Well, we talk about a lot of things. I told her about myself, too. I said, everybody has arguments like you and Carl. I said, look at your Uncle Ace and me. Oh, now, just leave me out of it, will you, Jane? Go well, on. I had to prove it to her. Oh. I said, if I had a nickel for every argument your Uncle Ace and I had, why, I'd have at least a quarter, I said. Mm-hmm. Well, now, that's not a bad average for eight years of married life. No. And I said, we always make up. I told her, I said, the way to treat your husband is to make him believe he's the boss, like I do. Like you do. Yes, I said I can twist your Uncle Ace around my little finger. Oh, isn't that awful? Of course, you don't know when I'm doing it, dear. And no husband ever knows it. That's the trick of the thing. Oh, I see. So you can twist me around your little finger, can oh, you? Oh, sure. You're a cent. Mm. <laughs> oh, I am. Well, uh, start twisting. What? Go ahead, twist me. Oh, no, not really, twist. You're just a finger of speed. Just a finger of speed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, well, that must 
she call now? Well, what are we going to do about Betty? Well, there's nothing we can do. If she won't come out, we'll just go to work on Carl. Uh, just a minute. I'll go, dear. The thing we have to do, Marge, is to try to get a compromise of some sort. Yeah, sounds easy, doesn't well, it? Well, I think we can if we work this thing right. Well, Carl! Hello. Carl, of all people, come in. Well, how about a kiss for your Aunt Jane? Oh, I guess I can spare it. Well, that's better. Well, come on in, Carl. I thought you'd drop around. Well, I wasn't going to, but just to please you. Oh, uh... Carl, remember me? Sure I do. How are you, Marge? Fine. And you? Good as can be expected. Well, give me your coat, Carl, and sit down. Uh, no, and make thanks. It... I can only stay a minute or so. A minute? Why, we can't compromise you in a minute. Jane, will you please <laughs> stay out of this? Well, what's on your mind? Now that I'm here, what's going to happen? Well, that depends on you. Personally, I think this little squabble can be straightened out very easily. Of course it can. Atta boy, Carl. All she has to do is send back that coat and give up the idea of sponging off my uncle. Give back the coat? I wouldn't say sponging. Oh, Jane, will you let me handle this? Well, I... how can she give back that beautiful mink coat? Don't you think those terms are a little uh, drastic, Carl? I do not. When she married me, she married me for better or for worse. Oh, that's just the same, Carl. Before she married me, she said she wouldn't touch a cent of my uncle's money. When he bribed her with that $5,000 check to go away and forget me, she was heartbroken. Yes, she was. She was putting on an act. Pretty clever, too, I felt for it. Now that my uncle has graciously decided to forgive her, she forgets how heartbroken she was, and just because he said she could keep the check, she keeps it, cashes it, and buys herself a mink coat. I can't afford mink coat. And if I can't afford one, she should be content to be without one. We decided to make a go of it alone without anybody's help. She herself admitted we could. Who can live as cheap as one? Yes, if one is Charlie MacArthur. <laughs> That's a very pretty cheap, Carl, but I think this case is a little different from the average. Well, I don't see how. If I was willing to leave my uncle and marry her at the cost of being cut out of his will, the least she can do is stand by me now. Marriage is give and take. Well, Uncle Nath gives and Betty takes. Exactly, and I won't stand for it. She'll take what I give and like it. Uh, that's definite, huh? Absolutely. Oh, but be reasonable, Carl. How can she send back a coat she bought? Yes, how can she send back that beautiful coat? Would you? Would I what? Well, I mean, if your uncle bought you something like that. Oh, not a mink coat, but something else that you look beautiful in like she does. Would you? I would certainly give it up, yes. You would. Now, if you're just saying that. I certainly would. All right. How would you like it if Betty said to you she wanted you to give up cigars? I don't smoke cigars. There, you see. Oh, you don't smoke cigars? No. Well, that doesn't come out right, does it? Uh, I'll try it this way. Why don't you smoke cigars? Because they make me sick. Because they make you sick. Oh, sure, but if Benny gets sick because he's cold and hasn't got a mink coat... Well, Jane, will you please let me have... Well, if you ask me... We're not asking you. What do you want of me? What am I doing here? Well, to put it simply, Carl, we want you and Betty to get over this little fact. I'm willing. But those terms you laid down, those are unreasonable. Is that her attitude? Well, we haven't told them to her yet, but I'm sure she's But you're sure to... they will be unreasonable. Well, I guess there's nothing more to say. Oh, yes, there is. Now, you're not going to wreck your life and hers over this silly mm -hmm. argument, are you? Uh, she'll get over it. How about you, Carl? Well, well, it doesn't matter anymore about me. My life's already wrecked. I, I'm completely disillusioned. <laughs> you sound pretty desperate for a 20-year-old lad. Now, look, Carl, can't you let bye-byes be bye-byes? Why don't you and Betty compromise? Suppose she wears the coat only part of the time, like uh, in the winter, say. Oh, Jane, will you stay out of this? Stop worrying about the mink coat. Well, if you ask me. Oh, say it, Jane. What's on your mind? If we ask you what? Well, finally. 
Well, if you ask me, I think Carl's making a mountain out of a moleskin. Out of a moleskin? <laughs> yes, I certainly do. Well, Jane finally got in what was on her mind. But Carl seems just as determined as Betty does not to give in. What effect this has on the aces and how it all works out, we learn when next we meet the easy aces. 